It's Frank Giroux with Gilbert Now, um, in this new installment of our Gilbert Now podcast. TJ Tillman here today with us on, on the podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm TJ. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, so TJ has uh, been a long-time resident here at Gilbert. Uh, how long have you been in Gilbert now, TJ? Uh, it's been 12, 13 years now. Yeah. 12, 13 years in Gilbert. He's a, he's a business owner, you know, family man, and he resides here in Gilbert. So, you know, he, we wanted to invite him here today and share some of his insights and some of the experiences and, you know, talk about everything we love, which is Gilbert. So, yeah, tell us how long have you lived in Gilbert? So, I moved up here, I want to say 2005. Yeah, it was about 2005. Um, so, my wife and I got married, uh, moved up here, and just fell in love with the place. Uh, I grew up in southern Arizona. Um, honestly, not a huge fan. It was like night and day up here. Stuff to do, uh, and we just loved it. So, we've been here uh, the whole 12 years. We've lived in a lot of different neighborhoods throughout, uh, throughout Gilbert, but it's always been Gilbert. I think it always will be. When you say Southern Arizona, what part of Arizona? Sierra Vista. Sierra Vista. Okay. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm from a small mining town, Superior. So when I hear oh, something yeah, say, yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. like to bring the, the small town yeah. connection. Go, so you know go small towns. Go small towns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what, what brought you out here from um, Sierra Vista to Gilbert? Um, so down there, it was kind of if you were if you were gonna be moving out of town, it was generally you moved to the valley or you moved to Tucson. And so I had moved to New York for a couple of years, came back. Um, my wife had, uh, she was my wife at the time, but she had moved back um, and uh, we decided to just uh, pack our bags, get married and move up here. So she moved back, we got engaged like three weeks after, I hadn't seen each other in a few years. Uh, got married three months after that, uh, decided to move up here and we've uh, been together living here ever since. Oh wow, Yeah. awesome, Yeah. awesome. So um, what part of town do you live in in Gilbert? Oh, we're down in Adora Trails. Oh, yeah. Adora Trails, yeah. give it up for Adora yeah. Trails. We're, we're representing the south side of Gilbert. <laughs> Yeah, they're the winner of the of the Gilbert Now '64. Yeah, Battle of the Hoods. Battle right. of the Hoods. So right. Adora right. Drills. We got a barbecue coming for you guys real soon. Uh huh. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Awesome. So, um, tell us a little bit about what you do here in Gilbert and kind of kind of your background and. Yeah, yeah. So uh, right now, my primary business is and has been pretty much for my entire adult life finance. So I started off in banking uh, in 2005, which was a uh, pretty terrible time to get started in finance at all. Um, but uh, started in banking uh, and then kind of transitioned to getting my investment licenses and going into the investment world as a financial planner slash financial advisor. Uh, so I started a company, um, Empire Wealth Management, about eight years ago. Uh, and uh, something that I, I really I really liked what I uh-huh. did, but I didn't like the way that I had to do it um, where I was at before I started this company. So some of the biggest problems that I saw were like, uh, uh, the way that you had to be compensated was generally like commission. Commission based. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So the problem with that is that when somebody comes in and wants investment advice from me, um, I have the option to sell them on a, a lot of different types of investments or products. And all those different products pay me a different amount. Uh-huh. So it's really hard for me, even if I'm a good person, it's really hard for me to make sure that I'm doing what's in the absolute best interest of the client, of the client. if I'm going to get paid way less. And it becomes pretty easy to justify charging somebody more on a commission to give them something that probably isn't the really the best, best, best for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, what I did when I started the firm was just kind of flip that and said, "Hey, look, let's look at all the things that I I don't like about how I have to do it, 
and just kind of try to change that. So we, we organized ourselves as a, a fee only or fiduciary investment firm uh, eight years ago before it was cool. You know, before, before everybody on the radio was talking yeah. about being a fiduciary, that was us eight years ago, <laughs> almost a decade ago. Visionary. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, it, it to me, it wasn't a visionary type thing. It was just, let's do what's best for people. Yeah. And when we do what's best for people, they're gonna appreciate the way that we work and they're gonna refer more people to us. Absolutely, isn't, it so, isn't business so easy when you do what's right for the client or the customer it always comes back to you tenfold yeah eventually <laughs> eventually like the, the challenge for us and you know if I could do it all over again I, it, with, with some hindsight I would probably do it a little differently because what most people do when they break off and they start their own firm like that is they stay where they're at for a, quite a while build up a really uh, loyal base of customers and then they transfer over and they bring you know 50 60 percent of those you know, me and my partner, when we started the firm, we were only at our current jobs for a couple of years at the at the firm where we were at. Yeah. And so we had ironclad non-competes and we didn't have a very loyal client base because we hadn't worked with them for that long. Uh -huh. And so it's hard for people to want to come over and work with somebody when they have no idea what the name of the firm is or how long they're going to be in business and they're just starting off. Not to mention, I was 24. 25 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to gain people's <laughs> you trust, trust when you're 25. Yeah. And so the biggest challenge we had as a fee only firm was if we were commissioned and I bring on a client that's got a million dollars, I'm going to make $10,000 up front and I'm, I'm doing yeah. okay. On the fee only side, like we were, we only charge like 1% annually for that client. So I'm only going to make about $10,000, but over the course of a year. Yeah. So every month I'm only making $900 yeah. and it was split between two partners. Yeah. And we're not bringing on million dollar clients that quickly. Yeah. You know? So it was, yeah, it was a really slow process to build up, but it was the right way to do things. When you uh, first started, because you're at Rome Towers now, yeah, you're yeah, near yeah. Santan Village area, yeah. did you jump into that office or did you? No, we would drive by that office <laughs> <laughs> you know, on our way to our actual office, yeah. which was above uh, the, what was above the Apple store at the mall. Oh, okay. The yeah. 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 So that's, that's where we were at the time. We would drive by that office. And the one day? Every man, time, one yeah, day. Exactly. Yeah. One day. Man, I want to be in that office. Like that's where yeah. we wanted to end up. So, you know, we, we opened up where we could afford it, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. 600 bucks a month for rent and a, a small executive suite um, while we built up our client base. And then after about uh, four years, we started building out our space uh, on the third floor of our room towers. And uh, we, we really like it there. It's been great. Yeah. One of the things Kevin and I are both passionate about here at Gilbert now is, you know, obviously the community, sure. the community first and the entrepreneurship. You know, we have we have a networking group, you know, for the, we primarily yeah. work around small businesses, some things that work and you kind of we mastermind. Right. Um, tell us a little some of the challenges, you know, for the entrepreneurs out there that are listening. Some of the challenges young entrepreneurs have like you from starting out mm -hmm. scratch with no clients, you and your buddy kind of yeah. grassroots stuff. You know what? I think one of the toughest uh, one of the toughest things to grasp as somebody starting off is, you know, what, what's the what's the point at which you have to decide? Uh, let's continue on and follow through with this, even though it's been extraordinarily difficult. Versus, let's pack it in because it's never going to work out. Yeah, you know, because exactly. there has to be a, a point somewhere, and I guess. I probably just didn't know where that point was. I had probably hit it, you know, uh -huh. probably three or four times a couple of years beforehand. And I just refused to say, no, you know, I'm going to stop now and go do something else. Because the easy thing would have been just, you know what, this isn't working. We tried, 
time to go back to, to where we were at before or find another you know, W2. Well, well, that's one of the things that we always find with the um, entrepreneurial spirit is they're type A personality. So they're yeah. not going to quit easy. Right. They're not going to admit they're wrong. And hey, yeah. we're going to figure out how to make this idea sure. or this plan work. So I do see that. when we do see that a lot with a lot of um, you know some of the entrepreneurs that we yeah. see. It's like, hey, it's not working. Or, well, let's take a look at your marketing. Let's take a look, yeah. take a look at some of that. What would, you, what would you say, you know, if you could give advice to new entrepreneurs starting out, whatever business they may be, mm-hmm. what some advice would you give to them um, from some of the things that you have learned? Yeah, you know what? what I, had a, I had a mentor in New York that um, one of the things that he told me that's always stuck with me is that you, in order to be successful, you have to be willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. Mm-hmm. And not from an unethical standpoint, but from a, a working standpoint, right? Exactly. Like how, how hard are you willing to grind to make it happen? Exactly. Um, you know, how far are you willing to go? And where other people stop, are you going to keep going? Um, what are you going to do with your 24 hours, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how long can you, you know, how long can you go and sustain that before you decide, okay, I got to quit. I got to do something else. And, you know, fortunately for me, I got married to uh, a, a woman who's always been 100% behind me, like regardless of our endeavors. I mean, when I was building up this business, she had no qualms about going and, uh-huh. and waiting tables to bring in some cash. What so is your wife's name? Yeah, you shout out to the yeah, wife. Her name's Macy. Yeah. <laughs> Macy, Macy, congratulations, Macy. And yeah. we, we we both agree as you know, my wife and Kevin's wife, it, it takes a it takes a different kind of mindset to yeah. to to be with entrepreneurs because there's long days, yep. long early mornings, and sometimes it's not as fruitful on the monetary side when you're first getting started. Like, oh, hey, honey, yeah, we're all. working all these hours, but we're gonna oh, for we're sure. gonna stay in today and eat some hot dogs today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And she was on board with it. I mean, so I would, and she actually started doing that while I was still working at the bank just because we had a family of five and what I was making over there still wasn't enough to really provide. And so that, that continue on, continued on when I started my own uh, company, but you know, got to a point where after a certain uh, number of years of just trying to build up this business and it, it was going, but it wasn't going as fast as we would have liked to have seen it, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, and we weren't making great livings at it. Um, we, we felt like we did a really good job for our clients and they were always our number one priority, but we still needed to feed our families and uh-huh. too. So at a certain point, um, it was, well, actually you, I, I had run for town council at a certain point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So about, about th- four years ago, I think it was 29 or 30, I, I ended up running for town council. Gilbert town council. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, uh, there were a lot of things that I saw opportunities with in our community that I felt like I might be able to help make an impression on. Um, kind of with a finance background um, and, and living in a part of town that was being uh, developed, developed yeah. that there wasn't a whole lot going on down there. And I didn't feel there was a whole lot of representation for people like us who lived down there. And so I, I saw an opportunity to try to help the community there. And so I decided to run for town council. But at the same time, you know, our business was in a place where we weren't bringing in a lot of money. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm here trying to hold cottage meetings at people's houses and, uh, you know, raise funds for campaigning. And I'd be over at the... Uh, uh, the you know the Saturday market trying to get signatures to get on the ballot and everything and, and you know my family my wife my kids were with me 100% on all of it yeah true grassroots effort oh absolutely absolutely but it, there was a point in that time it was a really stressful time in our lives because there was a point where we just weren't bringing in enough between yeah. what she was bringing and what I was bringing in um, to even pay the rent and I, and I had to just look at myself and look you know look at each other and say hey look how, how far are we willing to go to make this you know, kind of dream of ours, this business of ours, uh, a successful reality. 
And, and that uh, can be frustrating too, because when you're working, hey, the hours and the time we're putting into is the same. <laughs> oh, hey, but the ends ain't meeting. Absolutely. Hey, we can't even pull, we can't yeah. even hold the ends. Yeah, 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 can't even I mean, see each other. I can go back and work 40 hours and make yeah. twice what I was making yeah. working 60 hours. Yeah, you, yeah. Don't, you don't get participation income. Entrepreneurship, you don't get a participation ribbon. Not, again, not even a little bit. <laughs> so we got to a point where where we've, we've been the kind of people, you know, based on what I was telling you, that mentor told me, right? You got to be willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. So what we decided was we're not giving up on this yet. We're going to keep it going and we'll, we'll move out of the house that we were in and we moved into my sister's casita. It was 150 square feet for five of us. So talk, talk about doing something others aren't willing to do. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I mean, I don't, there aren't a lot of people that would be, and there aren't a lot of, you know, spouses that would be willing to go through all that mm-hmm. just to support uh, somebody that, you know, that they're not sure. I mean, it wasn't a guarantee, uh-huh. but she knew that even though it wasn't a guarantee, uh, it was an opportunity and she saw the opportunity and so we, we went through with that and I remember we would just to give you a setup we'd walk into the casita and uh, we had a table again 150 square feet it's like as big as uh, you know a kind of a large bedroom basically uh-huh. so we walk in we have a table on the side that has a toaster and an le- electric griddle and then uh, we had a bookshelf that had a bunch of books for the kids to read and then a TV on top of that we had bunk beds so the top bunk had a twin mattress and our two boys would sleep on that she and I would sleep on the bottom bunk that was a full-size mattress, so it was a little bit bigger. And then we had another twin mattress where we would tuck underneath the bed and just pull out for our daughter that oh, she wow. could sleep on at night. So when, when we'd wake up in the morning, you know, she'd get up out of bed, I'd slide the mattress back underneath, uh, you know, the bed frame. And then, you know, we'd all get ready and go about our talk days. About, talk about square footage utilization. You oh had it all gosh. figured out. There. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. and, and, you know, we did that for six months. And that, the whole time, that's when I was campaigning. And mm-hmm. so it's, I couldn't have people like come over to our house and have big, you know, fundraising efforts and things like that. So it was it was a really difficult time in our lives. And it was a, a time for us to really take a take a step back and say, are we willing to do, you know, what other people aren't willing to do to to be successful in this endeavor? And uh, looking back on it now, it was really difficult at the time. But looking back on it now, it, it was a great opportunity for us as a family to grow even closer together. Well, absolutely. Because, mm-hmm. You know, not just because we had no you know, square footage, like we yeah. are physically close together all the time. Um, but going through something like that is something that I hope our kids remember and, and you know, our efforts older, to get yeah. through that um, and yeah. get to the point that we are now. A mentor told me, you know, calluses build character. And I definitely, I, I can assure you, I bet there were some definitely calluses that were being cultivated <laughs> sure. yeah, during yeah, yeah. that, that six month time frame. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we're trying to figure out how to get out of that situation. And, and while I was living there, I think the, you know, the uh, primary uh, uh, election that happened in, I want to say, uh, September, October, mm-hmm. something like that, um, I ended up losing. I came in fifth. Mm-hmm. There were four uh, spots open. I came in fifth. And uh, <clears throat> so that, that was kind of out the window. And, and so I decided, well, you know, I, don't, I have this time that I had reserved for doing this town council yeah. um, uh, thing. And now I've got that time available to do something else. So what can I do? Tell, tell us a little bit about running for, running for you know, city government. So like, what were the biggest things that you learned both? pros and cons like what were some of the, the things that you learned doing that nobody really gets if you haven't done it, nobody really gets how much work goes into it uh-huh. there's a ton of work that goes into it um, because it's something you can't do by yourself and the other thing that was, that's that's really difficult is constantly asking people for help uh-huh. you know people uh, you know entrepreneurs are generally self-starters right yeah. you don't usually want to ask for a lot of help but you have to I mean you have to get a team of people together you have to raise funds you got to ask people for money and it's just I don't like doing that yeah. 
And maybe that's just a product of being in the uh, position that I'm in as a financial advisor. Asking people for money is kind of a weird thing to do. And yeah. so, but you have to get past that in order to be to run a successful campaign. You have to be willing to get out there. You have to meet as many people as possible. You have to get a, a ton of signatures. You got to go put your signs up all over town. You got to remove them when it's done. I mean, it is a ton of work. 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 Yeah. And you know, one of the things that we we we, we talked about and we came into value is um. Compensation on becoming town council. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're not. Yeah, nobody's doing that to make a living. Yeah, I mean, you're doing exactly. that because you want you want to make an impact it's on the town. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's why you're doing it. Um, but I'm sure it's amazing of all the great people that you got to meet in our great community yeah. when you're doing that. You know, sitting at someone's kitchen table, yeah. handshaking, and what's important to them, and Absolutely. you know, with the schools and you know, di- different things like that. For so, sure. Yeah, it was an amazing opportunity. There were all kinds of people that I met that I never would have met before. I mean, wow. you know, in that short span of time you know, that probably six months where I was running, I met thousands of people that I Uh never would have met ever. Um, And, you know, some of those people we're still friends with, um, you know, to this day, four four years later. And I I haven't had any other political involvement. It's just been an organic thing because there's so many good people out there. Well, kudos to you, TG, because I I think that's definitely something very difficult to do, especially when you have, you know, your, your children, you know, 10, 9, and 11, sure. raising a family, and then to, to throw to throw your whole family into something like that. So kudos to you. And <laughs> I think, you know, a lot of people have a lot of great ideas, but a lot of great ideas stay on the sidelines. So, you know, I, I think that's a tribute to your entrepreneurial spirit and your, you know, your go-getter mentality. Hey, I'm going to I'm gonna throw my hat in the race and see if I can make a difference. So, yeah, yeah. I so kudos it, to you because yeah, it, is, it is a lot of work, you know. It is a lot of yeah. work. Yeah. I mean, there are things that you, you rarely get an opportunity to do that I think can be impactful, especially as a parent yeah. to your children. And so when they see you trying for something that, that not a lot of other people would try, even if you don't succeed, that's a great, um, that's a great uh, experience for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Win, win or learn, you never lose, right? Absolutely. Win or learn, yeah. you never lose. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that Kevin and I always come across when we're speaking with entrepreneurs or we're doing like masterminds or just, you know, table, just discussing, you know, businesses and stuff like that yeah. with, with our fellow gamer members is, um, you know, they always seem to have a great work ethic starting very early. Uh, I read a little bio on you and tell me, tell us about one of your first jobs. Oh, man, I had a terrible work ethic growing up. I was just lazy, um, <laughs> but um, I needed money still. Uh-huh. So uh, my first job, I, I went, you know, I had like a paper route and stuff like that before, but my first real job was uh, working at Taco Bell. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I turned 16 and I had a buddy that was working over there and, uh-huh. you know, his mom was friends with the manager or something. So she hooked me up with a job over there and, um, yeah, I learned how to speedily roll burritos like, so, really well. Yeah. So from, from burritos to wealth management, yeah. huh? <laughs> it's been a long road. It's yeah. been a long road, but I haven't forgotten my roots. I mean, I Absolutely. can still do an assembly line of burrito rolling yeah. Yeah, at a moment's notice. So oh, yeah. the question is, do you still eat there? Uh, you know, as my metabolism has slowed down, I try not to, but you know, it's, it's hard. Cause to there see. is one near Rome Towers, right? Uh, yeah. There's one near everything. Yeah. 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 And the DoorDash doesn't make it any, uh, yeah. easier oh, to stay yeah. away from it either. They'll get direct. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's that's the mark of a good restaurant, I guess, is if you're oh, still yeah. to eat there after you work there. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, as far as you live in South Gilbert, I mean, what do you, what would you like or want in South Gilbert right now, as far as commercial? Or what would you like to see? Well, that's it. I mean, we we just need some commercial. Just I feel commercial. like there, are, you know, we we just constantly continue to rezone to from commercial to residential, and then from residential to smaller residential lots. And higher density. Yeah, yeah, higher density, smaller lots. And so we're cramming more people into the same space that we had originally planned to have commercial, and we're losing not only the commercial availability, but we have more people that are going to need commercial services at a certain point too. Uh-huh. And so between the communities we have down there with, 
um, you know, uh, Adora Trails and Seville and uh, um, Marbella Vineyards and uh, Greenfield Acres and all those communities. Yeah. There are thousands of people down there. And we, you know, a lot of people will just drive to Queen Creek because it's closer and they have everything now. They're building up everything. Yeah, everything. So right. our sales tax dollars oh, yeah, are going over to Queen Creek instead of just capturing them where we're already at mm -hmm. or over to Chandler because, yeah. you know, it kind of, Gilbert kind of, the, the, the boundaries kind of go down and then inward. So there's not yeah. a whole lot of Gilbert in the south. So we can go east to uh, Queen Creek or west to, to Chandler. And those families there in all those communities you just mentioned, they still love to eat and go shopping oh, yeah, absolutely. and go get yeah. groceries and yep, the movies sure. and karate classes. So yeah, we, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. We, we do we do see that, you know, down yeah. there. So I would love Gilbert. to see more of that. And, you know, we're getting some like in the Higley and Queen Creek area. I think with that park being built, I think we'll see a lot of commercial follow. I think they uh -huh. zoned for some commercial in that, that park area. Um, and I know there's quite a bit of commercial zoned uh, down on Higley and Riggs. It's just a matter of uh, who's going to come in and develop. And I think part of the, the problem is that, you know, retail isn't super popular right now. Yeah, it's and there's a trend game. away from retail. A lot of the big box stores closing, a lot of the malls losing tenants. And so people are hesitant to want to invest in uh, in uh, commercial just, retail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Commercial retail yeah. spaces, for sure. Yeah, for, for we need sure. something down there. Yeah. 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 Um, we know your entrepreneurial spirit just didn't start with, you, you know, creating your your um your financial planning business and stuff like that. Tell us what else you have other other business investments yeah. that you've done and kind of kind of that yeah, yeah. Created. So, so I'll circle back to you know us kind of living in that casita and you know but I just lost the election and it's uh, somewhere around October and we've been living there for about four months and it was starting to to grind on us you know being in that small space with so many people um, and I just decided like hey I've got this extra time now like what else can I put into it because. Uh, we had I had no problem servicing all of my financial clients and still having time left over in the day. Uh -huh. And so I wanted to make sure that I could put that time to good use. And so uh, my, my parents were actually getting ready to buy a house up here. They were moving up from Sierra Vista. And uh, I'd been involved uh, in lending and, uh, you know, very familiar with the real estate around here. So I ended up deciding to get my real estate license and I figured, well, you know, I know the market pretty well. I know, you know, lending, so I'll be able to help them kind of through that process, understand how it works and everything. And there's, you know, $12,000 in commission up for grabs. <laughs> so let me get my license. I'll help them buy a house, take the 12 grand, and I probably just won't do another deal. Uh -huh. And uh, I, you know, I helped them through that process. And then I decided, you know what, I need to, I need to buy a house. And uh, let's, let's find this opportunity to do that because we got to get out of this casita, right? Yeah. So, I, I ended up getting theirs and then I used that as a down payment for our house and then I just had people, friends and family, it was really all I worked with, they you know, started coming saying, hey, look, can you help me with this? And, and so it's, it helped me create a little bit of income there. And so what I did then, since that wasn't taking a lot of time, um, was I kind of segued that, that money and, uh, or I should say partly that money and took it in. Uh, moved it into this escape room in downtown Gilbert. So we saw an opportunity there. So uh, when we bought our house, I was walking to the mailbox one day and I see this guy walking towards me and it looked like he had just moved into one of the houses down by us. It was a new built community. Uh -huh, built yeah, so we had been there for two months and you know I introduced myself to him and said, hey, you know, I'm TJ, how's it going? He said, hey, I'm Javon. I said, well, where are you moving from? He's like, oh, I've just moved from this you know, small town in southern Arizona. I'm like, oh, really? You were, where, you were at? Small towns. Yeah, he's like, Sierra Vista. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, get out of here. No, wait, like, come on. Nobody even knows where that's at up here, you know? I was like, what were you doing down there? Because um, I figured I would have known him if he had grown up there because yeah. we were the same age. And he was, uh, there's a lot of civil service down there because uh -huh. the, the military base down yeah. there. And so uh, he said he was civil service down there. And now, you know, he's up here at this point doing some work. And uh, so we struck up a friendship, and at a certain point, he and his wife invited my wife and I to go out to an escape room. 
And I had no clue what these things were. I'd never been to one. I'd heard about one on the radio. Um, I thought it was kind of like a haunted house type deal, which uh-huh. really isn't my thing. So I wasn't super interested in going. Uh, but we went out and we went to one in Tempe. I don't remember where it was. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I was terrible at it, but it was a lot of fun. They were really good. They kind of knew what to expect, what was going on. My wife and I, you know, kudos to her. She was a lot better than I was. I was useless. Super sleuth, huh? She was a... Oh, yeah. She was, she was great. I was awful. Um, but anyway, on the drive home, I'm just thinking, like, what an opportunity there is because, you know, especially we can find the right location. Because I'm thinking downtown Gilbert, there's a lot going on right now. There are restaurants popping up everywhere. There are thousands of people that are down here every day, and there's nothing to do. Yeah, they're only like, form of entertainment. Yeah, you can yeah. go eat, you can have dessert, you can grab some drinks, then you gotta go home. You go home or you gotta exactly. drive to downtown Chandler or something else because there's nothing to do. And so I was, we were talking on the way home, and I'm like, man, we need to start one of these. Like, let's just, let's open it up. And generally, when you have a conversation with somebody like that, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then they, you never talk about it again. Um, but to his credit, he jumped all over it. He's like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I think he trusted me cause I, I had some business experience and you know, I, I trusted him cause he'd been to a ton of these things and he knew what was going on with them. And so, uh, we found this location just kind of right across from yeah. where you guys are at. Yeah. Tell us the location. Where's the location? At? Yeah. It's just right across from, I think it's the Gilbert school district building. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's on Palo Verde, which is just South of Elliott on Gilbert road. Um, so yeah, named it paradox escape room. We started off with two rooms. Uh, our casino heist and our uh, nuclear bunker themed room and uh, it was he and I just working it uh, on nights and weekends so you know I'd do my financial planning thing uh, I'd come home say hi to the kids and then when we had bookings uh, and luckily we had a lot of bookings right off the bat because there was just wave of escape rooms we coming in yeah. popularity for escape rooms so he and I would go in we'd run these rooms and we'd take our weekends running the rooms and about six months later we had a girl that came in and she uh, she went through it with her family and then uh, asked us if you know if she could have a job, and we, we weren't sure whether we were hundred percent ready with our proof of concept to employ somebody, employee, start, employee, yeah. start paying them. Um, but she, you know, to her credit, never stopped harassing us and kept <laughs> asking over and over again, which was great. And it's going to take her far in life. Yeah, persistence. <laughs> so, yeah, so we ended up hiring her, and she was I want to say sixteen or seventeen at the time, and we ended up making her the the manager, the general manager of it. Uh, she was with us uh, for almost two years. And uh, so then from that point, we hired a few more people and, and uh, we have a phenomenal team now that just, that just runs and does a great job with uh, customer interaction, uh, providing great experiences for people, people down there and team building events. And, awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. just been a really, really great opportunity. Yeah. Tell, tell us, um, tell um, listeners out there where they can find you on the, um, in the Paradox Escape Room, like what your social media outlets Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you can find us on Facebook at, uh, you know, just put type in Paradox Escape Room. Um, our, uh, our website is escapeaz.com, like escapearizona.com. Um, and you can see all of our available rooms there. You can book times there. Uh, if there's not a time that's available, like during the week, we don't staff it regularly during the week. We reserve that primarily for team building events. So if you've got a corporate team builder or something of that nature, just you know, give us a call and we'll we'll get it scheduled on there. And you're located just south of Gilbert and Alley, right? Right in the yep. by the Heritage District. Yeah, just okay. south, just south of all the restaurants, just south of Elliott. Um, it's kind of an L-shaped plaza with a lot of other little businesses in there, but you'll see our sign at the top. It says Paradox Escape Room. And the fees, what can someone expect if they want to enjoy something like that? For uh, so it's 30 bucks uh, per person uh, during our regular hours. And then on Sunday, we do a discount for three of our rooms. So every room except our collector room, we do $18 per person. So if you're looking for a bargain and you want to take the whole family, Sunday's the day. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And yeah. what is the typically like duration time? You get up to an hour. And up to so, an hour? Yeah, yeah. So uh, ideally, you want to spend less than an hour because that means you solve all the puzzles and you 
you got out. Uh, but maximum, you're in there for an hour, and then and then we let you back out. Awesome. So yeah, you guys heard it there. It's you know Paradox Escape Room, Gilbert and Elliot. You know it's a great a great um great venue, great something to do when you're when you're in in, in down in downtown. What's your um, what's your favorite restaurant downtown? Ooh, you know, I'd probably find myself at Zinberger more often than yeah. anywhere else. I yeah. love Zinberger. I love Lolo's, too. Uh-huh. I'm a big fan. So when we have a busy night at the escape room, I'll find myself on DoorDash getting some chicken and waffles <laughs> and some mac and cheese uh, sent down to us. <laughs> yeah, I love that DoorDash yeah. convenience. Oh, yeah, convenience. absolutely. I mean, it's like three minutes away. I'm just super yeah. lazy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was great having you over here today. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. You know, we, we love you. We love your commitment to the community, you know, sure. um, and that's one of the things that we're obviously we're, we'll, we're real big on. So, you know, we, we, we love to we love to have another meeting with you and talk yeah. about maybe a new, a new endeavor yeah. that you had, had created. <laughs> but, yeah, we really appreciate your time today coming down yeah. and spending the afternoon with us here at Gilbert Now. And yeah. Likewise, I appreciate what you guys do. It's nice to see so many people that are passionate about, you know, the town and, and how things go here. Uh, you know, I, you guys are in it for the long haul. We're in it for the long haul. Yeah. We'll be here for this you know as far as i can tell forever and we just want to we just want to help grow the community and make it a better place where we live and yeah. work right absolutely and tj as far as the financial planning side where yeah. can they find you as far as social media outlets and kind of kind sure. of yeah, some yeah. of the services that you that you provide yep so we're on you know facebook uh, the name of the company is empire wealth management uh again we're at rome towers which is just on Valvista and pecos on the third floor so you can feel free to pop in and see mm-hmm. us there um uh, and the website is empirewealthaz.com EmpireWealthAZ.com. Well, TJ, again, thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure having you. This is Frank Gerald with Gilbert Now. And Kevin McKernan. Signing off for today. We look forward to seeing you and you listening to us on our next podcast.